0: The countdown is on to fight time. This is Big Fight Weekend.
1: Now, here
0: is your host, T.J. Reeves. Yes, ring the bell because we are coming off of July 4th weekend and back at it with a whole bunch of boxing and we're ready to preview it as part of the Big Fight Weekend podcast. I am your somewhat capable host and I look forward to a couple of special guests joining me coming up to talk about the Showtime Boxing Series, Showbox, that will be in Tacoma, Washington this weekend. Also, we're counting down to Manny Pacquiao, Keith Thurman, pay-per-view, world welterweight title fight one week from Saturday, July 20th, Las Vegas. Look forward to talking more about that and what's been going on this weekend with the fighters' buildup before they both head to Sin City in the desert and get ready for this showdown. Uh, We'll talk with Marquise Johns a little bit later on, the senior uh, writer, the lead writer for BigFightWeekend.com, who was around Keith Thurman earlier this week, kind of his final week of preparation in the Tampa Bay area in west-central Florida before Thurman heads to Vegas early next week for all of the shenanigans, all of the hype that finishes up the promotion of the pay-per-view. Manny Pacquiao completing his training camp in Los Angeles uh, this week with Freddie Roach, and they will head to Vegas as well. So we'll talk more with Marquise about that, plus the fight cards this weekend. In a little bit, Steve Farhood will be here from Showtime and Showbox, the series. He and Barry Topkins do a great job with the up and coming fighters that are fighting on that premium channel. Couple of heavyweights, couple of unbeaten heavyweights. Could either one of these guys, Franklin or Valine, in two separate fights, position themselves to potentially be in a heavyweight title fight down the road. And how soon? Neither one of them are going to obviously uh, be in the mix for 2019 with Deontay Wilder already signed up to fight Luis Ortiz. The Andy Ruiz-Anthony Joshua rematch uh, coming up as well. But first part of next year, next summer, could either one of these guys get on the radar and get in the ring? Steve Farhood will be talking to us about that. I want his feelings on the uh, upcoming Thurman Pacquiao fight. And much more. Uh, Steve is a former editor in chief, uh, essentially the main guy at both KO Magazine and also Ring Magazine in the 80s and the 90s. He has been an analyst and the unofficial scorer on Showtime for the better part of 25 years. So I'm anxious to talk with him and uh, say hello to him and talk about this card that's coming up in Tacoma, Washington. Uh, in a little bit. Uh, also, Marquise uh, Johns will be talking about the fight cards that are going on all over the country, including Shakur Stevenson on the ESPN fight card, the ESPN top rank fight card. Uh, there are European fights, British uh, fights on DAZN this weekend on Friday and Saturday. It's a big-time middleweight uh, title fight that will be in Japan. We'll explain that uh, plus, uh, Ray Vargas defending a junior featherweight championship on DAZN out in Carson, California. This week, So there is plenty, plenty on the plate to discuss and get to here as part of Big Fight Weekend. A reminder, we are sponsored in part by Vivid Seats and the Vivid Seats mobile app. Wherever you're hearing this program all over North America, whether you're talking about the fight card, as I mentioned, in Newark, whether it's the FS1 uh, Premier Boxing Champions card coming in, In Minneapolis this weekend, that Dazone show that is in Carson, California, what was the StubHub Center, what's now the Dignity Health Sports Complex, Uh, it is out on the West Coast. It is in Carson, California. If you're at any of those venues and you want great tickets, uh, go to Vivid Seats and the mobile app. It doesn't matter what it is, whether it's boxing, the NFL, the NBA, Major League Baseball, college football, all of it, they've got great seat selection, 100% satisfaction guaranteed at Vivid Seats. So get your great tickets for lower level, for ringside through Vivid Seats in the mobile app. And one more time, remember the promo code, Big Fight 10 to save 10% off your initial order with Vivid Seats. That's Big Fight 10 in honor of the Big Fight Weekend podcast. Big Fight 10, you get 10% off your initial order up to $50 with Vivid Seats and the Vivid Seats mobile app. So we encourage you to do that. So let's roll the sleeves up. Let's get ready for a lot of boxing. We didn't really have any decent boxing cards on July 4th weekend. We are more than making up for it over the course of Friday and Saturday. Let's get to the preview. Here we go. Continue along here on Big Fight Weekend, and it is a pleasure Uh, to bring on a man that is a familiar voice if you watch Showtime Boxing, in particular the Showbox, the future stars of boxing, the Showbox series on Showtime, which, hey, looky here, they're back on. Barry Tompkins and Steve Farhood and Raul Marquez will be on the call this Friday night uh from washington state where a couple of heavyweight contenders that are unbeaten will be on the show box card coming friday night and steve farhood is with me here as part of the big fight weekend podcast good to have you i know you're headed to the pacific northwest to see some big dudes mix it up coming friday how are you sir
1: I'm doing great. It's a long way to travel from New York, so they better give us some good fights.
0: (laughs) Let's hope so. All right. I promised, uh, as Steve and I were talking just before the official conversation began, I'm going to put a smile on your face. There are a few guarantees in life, but I am going to put a smile on your face. You are a former editor-in-chief of Ring Magazine, but you're also a former editor-in-chief of KO Magazine. You are talking to someone who's old enough that as a younger kid, a fight fan, long ago, Steve Farhood, who bought your magazine to read up on the likes in the early 80s of Sugar Ray Leonard, uh, Thomas Hearns, Larry Holmes, uh, who else can I give you, Eddie Mustafa Muhammad, whoever I was reading about in KO Magazine. I am a fan of Steve Farhood's work for going back like four decades, so I just had to wow. let you know that, my friend, here, as, as we unfold.
1: You put a smile on my face I promised you would. <laughs> and you know I, what, Any, anybody who... who respects and remembers fondly K.O. Magazine. Is an instant friend of mine. See, uh, well, that, that okay, was,
0: beautiful. Because that was pe- special.
1: It was a special pe- time.
0: People need to understand there was a time, right, Steve, when not every big fight was available on TV. There was a time when there was no internet. There was a time when you actually were in the dark about who some of the best fighters were because they weren't fighting on TV, and you relied on publications like KO, like Ring, uh, and some others uh, that that would have recaps of fights and pictures. People. Can't fathom that now, but I just have an appreciation for it from back in the day.
1: Well, you're you're right, and especially the part about pictures, because you know everything's video today, of course, and that paints a a, a, a more realistic and more full picture than any photo ever can. But there's a there's a joy and an artistry in photography that I think uh, in this electronic age has been somewhat lost. And we we paid a lot of attention to that in the magazine.
0: No doubt. All right, so let's move on to the main business. I am going to talk to you, I promise, about the Showbox card for the next generation with the heavyweights. But I have have to ask Steve Farhood. We're about six weeks removed from January 1st, Madison Square Garden, heavyweight title fight. You know where I'm going. How the heck did Andy Ruiz beat Anthony Joshua? Please help me.
1: I'd like to help you, but I can't. I, I, I really don't know. The only, the only thing I could say, and this is, of course, we're all very smart in, in retrospect with hindsight. The only thing is, you know, Joshua had been hurt down against Klitschko, hurt in two or three other fights. So there was reason to at least think he was vulnerable, just, just as, you know, I think some people think of Deontay Wilder as somewhat vulnerable, although certainly not as vulnerable as Joshua now in retrospect. But, you know, uh, Andy Ruiz, because of the way he looks and because of the fact that he was a substitute there really wasn't any great sign that, that there something that was going to happen here like this and uh, it was it was quite a shocker
0: yeah, there I mean, there is no doubt. It does not quite rise to the level of Buster Douglas and Mike Tyson. I have said this on this podcast and on the big Fight bigfightweekend.com website uh as well. Anthony Joshua is never gonna be Mike Tyson. He never was, he's never gonna be Mike Tyson. So that that upset is in its own stratosphere. But this this is at least elevated. This is this is some kind of upset oh, that Louise yeah. pulled off. There's no doubt, Steve.
1: I think it's one of the bigger upsets in heavyweight history. I really do. And not, you know, this I was talking a lot, of course, after the fight. uh, Everybody was talking about that fight, the upset. But um, do you measure the magnitude of an upset based on what you knew at the time of the fight, or do you include in your thought process what you know after? Because, you know, Buster Douglas, we know, was a one-hit wonder. Fought pretty poorly against Holyfield in his fight after Tyson. Um, Should we measure, you know, uh, the, the Tyson that was at the time unbeaten the number one fighter in the world, or do we look at him now in hindsight and say, well... You know, we know that he wasn't in great shape for that fight. He was—he was, he was going to lose eventually because he was not taking boxing seriously. So there's more than one way to look at an sure. upset. But no matter how you look at Ruiz and Joshua, it was a shocker of shockers.
0: No doubt, and they will fight again eventually. And that kind of morphs us into Friday night for the audience that's here. Some of them may be familiar with these two unbeaten's uh, that are going up against good competition. Jermaine Franklin is one of them. Ten round heavyweight battle. He's eighteen and zero, fighting a guy named. Named Jerry Forrest, who's 25 and two with a bunch of knockouts himself, uh, Franklin out of Michigan, Forrest out of Virginia. I know you're getting into the prep as we're talking to you earlier in the week. You're going to be out there with the fighters later in the week for the fights on Friday night. What do we expect? What do we know about uh, Franklin, and-, and what do we expect here out of his? Real quick.
1: Well, Franklin is just about the only young American heavyweight who is a prospect, who's looking to make that jump to contender. There are a lot of them, a lot of good young heavyweights, but not a lot of Americans. So there's a lot of pressure on him. Plus, there's added pressure because he fought in April on Showtime and didn't look particularly great in winning a fight against Rydell Booker. So there's a little bit of pressure on him. He wants to be thought of especially. He wants to open eyes. He's got to do something pretty impressive in this fight.
0: All right. So he's one of the the heavyweights build. The other one Otto Volen uh from Sweden 20 and 0 with 13 knockouts. fighting a veteran that a lot of fans and especially if you've watched on Showtime and elsewhere you've seen BJ Flores uh at 34 4 and 1 uh, in there. Uh it, and again, this is kind of like the co-feature another 10-round heavyweight bout. What about Volen?
1: Well, same thing. He's got the good record. He comes from Sweden. He's a big guy. Um, he's looking to give people a reason to get excited about him. So, you know, these guys are not heavyweights who in the remainder of 2019 are going to fight for world title. That's not what this is about. It's about establishing yourself as a prospect who can be a contender and people want to watch you grow. And Valine also was on Showtime, the same card Franklin was on, but he was involved in a headbutt, and the fight ended after one round against Nick Kisner in April. So unfinished business for him. He's still trying to make his first impression.
0: Very good. And thank you for the help with the pronunciation. I remember that fight was weird uh, with the accidental butt and it was over with in one round. And so now you're looking for another fight on another card. And, you know, you mentioned uh, that these guys are, are obviously kind of on the on the level right below uh where the likes of a ruiz has been uh somebody that's that's wanting a shot again like a dillian white uh the british fighter that wants a shot again there are certainly contenders that are out there ortiz is going to get the rematch uh coming up with wilder is it realistic that franklin or valine could end up in a 2020 title fight is that realistic do you believe steve
1: sure uh 2020 yes 2019 no And and the reason I say that is the heavyweight division, more than any other division, one key win can open everything up for you and just catapult you into contention. And these, these, these fights Friday night obviously are not the key wins we're talking about, but they can give exposure and give a little taste of what these guys are so they develop a following so that they'll get the fight where it can be that one fight to catapult them into a title fight. Um, heavyweight more than any other. It, it's what have you done for me lately? And one win can, can do that for a fighter. can lift him up from obscurity. I mean, Andy Ruiz is obviously a very dramatic right. example of that. But one win can do that at heavyweight much more than any other division. And that's, look, people are talking, fight fans are talking about the heavyweight division. They really weren't until Wilder and Joshua emerged. And now... You know, and Fury also, for that matter, and 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 there's a lot of excitement, and and you know, you're going to need with with three champions, sometimes four champions, however many champions there are right now. There are only two, along with Fury being the the uh, lineal champion. They're going to these guys are going to need young fighters to fight, young fighters to to, to be challengers, and that's what this show Friday night's all about.
0: And the, and the world of boxing, the fight game itself, needs the heavyweight division to be the heavyweight division. It, it went through such a lull, such a doldrum for a while, and now you, you've got things that have energized it. I mean, Wilder's spectacular knockout of Dominic Brazil in just one round with one punch had everybody going crazy for about a 24-hour period on the Internet, etc. Then the Ruiz upset happened, so I, I would agree. The heavyweights are back. And, and let's see yeah. if uh, that if that part can. Do. We need we need this. We for the interest, the overall interest of the sport, a big infusion is the heavyweight division keeping people interested with the big bombers.
1: And, and the great part of it is that. As is boxing today, it's a global thing. You got Tyson Fury in England, you got Joshua in England. You know, there was a time back in the KO days where if a British, if a heavyweight were British, you assumed you couldn't fight. (laughs) Not that way anymore, that's for sure. And uh, you know, it makes it a global thing, and that that's good for the sport as well. But uh, it's it's a good time now, and you know, uh, I think Tyson Fury being an active outrageously wild personality and active heavyweight again. I think that adds a lot to the division as well.
0: Yeah, well we'll see uh if and when he gets back in there. He has already said that it's a February 22nd date with Wilder. That's not confirmed by anybody other than him and apparently there are a couple three dates that are being kicked around and of course it all presupposes that Wilder beats Ortiz in the rematch uh of their fight coming this fall. So We'll find out on this uh, on this front shortly. Steve Farhood with me here on the Big Fight Weekend podcast for a few more uh, moments. Um, okay, Gervonta Davis at the end of the month will also be fighting on Showtime, uh, defending his title against Nunez uh, in Baltimore. Uh, interesting because he is an up and coming junior lightweight uh, champion, a star unbeaten, a lot of knockouts. Uh, he is he is going to fight in his hometown, Baltimore. Baltimore has not had a world champion defend the title in Baltimore in 80 years. Steve would like everybody to know he did not cover that fight 80 years ago <laughs> when that happened. But I was le- only two at the Exactly. Time. Late in the month here, Gervonta Davis will take the main stage on Showtime. Steve Farhood, what excites you and interests you about him and about this upcoming title defense?
1: Well... Homecomings are always interesting. You know, he's, he's very Baltimore. Baltimore used to be a big fight city. It hasn't had a world title fight at all in 50 years. Uh, a Baltimorean hasn't defended a title in Baltimore, as you mentioned, in 80 years. So there's a lot of history that's going to be made. But the, the point with Javante Davis is he's a really exciting young fighter, still only 24. He won, the, he won his first world title two, three years ago. At the time, he was the youngest American champion. He's still the youngest American champion now, having wow. won the 130-pound title for the second time. And, you know, in the early days, there was talk, of oh, this is the next Floyd Mayweather. Obviously, there's never going to be another Floyd Mayweather. He was a special fighter. But Gervonta Davis has the kind of potential to be a superstar. And, uh, you know, this is going to be all about, obviously, what he means to Baltimore, and that's kind of exciting in itself. And uh, he has to dodge the, uh, the bullets that come with fighting at home for the first time. Jared Hurd did it against... Um, Against uh who you know, j rock williams yep. and and got beat. Sure. You know, in his homecoming, so it's not a, it's not an assumption that you're going to be able to handle the pressure, but we can't wait to see it, because Trevante Davis is just an exciting young fighter.
0: And Hurd's uh, situation, ironically, kind of in that greater Washington, D.C., Baltimore, mid-Atlantic uh, area where he fought in Fairfax, Virginia. He came out with the Washington Redskins uh, marching band right. and the whole thing, and then ends up getting beat in the fight. So sometimes it can be... Uh, distraction we'll uh, we'll see if that's the case a couple more fun ones before we go I have always wanted to ask you this Uh, when you're scoring fights and going along um, is there has there been an occasion or two or five when you get to the end of things and you've scored a fight a certain way and at least two of the judges have gone the complete opposite way and you ask yourself was I on drugs or are they on drugs (laughs) what the hey
1: Yes, it's happened many times, and any good judge, and I'm not saying I'm a good judge because I'm an unofficial judge, but any good real judge is going to have the same thing happen to him. There are just, you know, the the one thing as as an unofficial judge, I I acknowledge, and not that many people want to acknowledge this, is that scoring is subjective. Sure it is. You know, you you, you and I can watch the same fight. You may give more credence to one thing. I may give it more to the power punches. You may give it more to the jabs and the boxing. So, you know, there are always going to be, differences in scoring and differences in in score cards. And, uh, you know, as long as I'm in the ballpark with with the the real judges, I feel okay with my card. For the most part, that's happened, I'm happy to say. But, yes, there are always going to be cards where uh, I look at it and I go, really? I mean, we all do. And, and, and that's never
0: going to change. <laughs> what fight were they watching? Were they watching? Uh, yes. Uh, and it's it, you're right. It's a subjective process. I mean, we all have likes, dislikes, whether it's political beliefs, whether it's food, whether it's which sports team to be in allegiance to. We all have our biases. We all have our likes and our dislikes. And we bring that into anything uh, that we exactly. judge. That's for sure. sure. All right. Before I let you go, there's one more huge uh, pay-per-view fight that's coming up. And again, I do this podcast and do the Big Fight Weekend stuff in and around West Central Florida. So obviously we have some allegiance to Keith Thurman. Keith one-time Thurman out of the Tampa Bay area will fight megastar, future Hall of Famer, seven-division world champion Manny Pacquiao on pay-per-view. Very interesting dynamic. I know we're still a couple of weekends away from this happening, but Pacquiao basically at the end, as a 40-year-old, uh, has fought so many of these on the big stage. This is the first time Thurman has been part of a big pay-per-view. Very very interesting dynamic here, Steve Farhood. When that one rolls around in Vegas on Ju- on July twentieth,
1: I love the matchup. I love the fact that there are questions about both fighters. You know, Thurman didn't look great in his comeback fight after the injury. Uh, Pacquiao's forty, but the amazing thing is the welterweight division. Of course, this is a critical fight in the, in the division. Uh, but the welterweight division just keeps on giving. You know, think about it. I mean, Floyd Mayweather was the number one fighter in boxing, and he was a welterweight. He's retired now, presumably for good, and the division just doesn't miss a beat. So there are so many good fighters. You have Terrence Crawford. Politics probably prevents him from fighting some of the welterweights who are on the other side of the street, unfortunately. But Mm -hmm. you have Terrence Crawford. You have Sean Porter. You have Danny Garcia. And now Pacquiao's fighting Thurman. And I can't wait to see it. Pacquiao looked pretty good against Broner. But it was Broner. And Thurman's a better fighter than Broner. So how much does Thurman have left? I mean, it's it's full of questions. And I think it's going to be a pretty, pretty good action fight because, to be honest, Manny Pacquiao isn't usually in too many fights that are pretty good.
0: All right, we'll see how that one plays out. Again, Friday night, we're plugging away. Showbox, the new generation from Washington State. Barry Tompkins, the legend Barry Tompkins, the legend Steve Farhood on the call, along with Raul Marquez. Again, a couple of unbeaten heavyweights in Jermaine Fra- uh, Franklin and Otto Valin, uh of Sweden are in separate fights uh, on this card. Uh, let's see how it plays out on Friday night. Listen, young man, be safe getting out to the Pacific Northwest. Bring a jacket. I have a sister that lives in in Seattle, and they are still, at times, in the 50s. Uh, I know you're used to New York, but they're in the 40s or 50s sometimes, even in the summertime at night. So bring a jacket. And uh, we look forward to watching this weekend. It was a treat to talk to you here on the Big Fight Weekend podcast, Steve Farhood.
1: Well, thanks so much for having me, and let's make sure we do it again.
0: And a reminder once again, whether you're going to these fights in Tacoma, Washington, for the showbox card at the casino coming on Friday night, whether it is the Fox Sports 1 Premier Boxing Champions card in Minneapolis on Saturday night, the top ranked Shakur Stevenson main event card in Newark, New Jersey, the Ray Vargas Super Featherweight title fight in own California, wherever these fights are all over the country, check out the best seats through Vivid Seats and the Vivid Seats mobile app, and again, use the promo code BIGFIGHT10 to save 10% off your order. Big Fight 10 at your checkout will save you up to $50 off of those great seats, 100% customer satisfaction, great selection, Vivid Seats, and the Vivid Seats mobile app and the promo code Fight 10 We're back on Big Fight Weekend. Now, here's your host, T.J. Reeves. And we do roll along as part of Big Fight Weekend, BigFightWeekend.com. Here he is, the guy that oversees all of it, lead writer, overseer, the man that is constantly writing before and after all of these different fights, and on uh, each and every weekend, all the Big Fight cards. He is Marquise Johns back with me on Big Fight Weekend. How you
2: feeling as we head towards another weekend? I'm good, TJ. And I'm glad that there's actually boxing going on this weekend after sitting through what was nothing but Kazakhstan boxing last weekend for a 4th of July holiday. So thank goodness boxing is back in full swing again this weekend. Yeah,
0: it's amazing just real quick because we talked about this on the podcast last week that that the big entities like ESPN, like Fox, like Zone stayed away from any kind of a real fight card. Now they're all like double barreled this weekend with Everything, every which direction. So we're making up for lost time. So we'll get into that in a little bit. Uh, to that end, Showtime also with the showbox card. And we just obviously talked with Steve Farhood about these two unbeaten heavyweights that are fighting kind of journeyman like contenders. Uh, how much intrigue do you have? Here in these uh, these two battles that are going to be taking place, Jermaine Franklin, unbeaten against Jerry Forrest, and the other ten round bout, Otto Valine—I'll get that pronunciation correct—the Swede and BJ Flores, the long veteran. You intrigued by either one of both of these fights that are coming on Friday night?
2: I want to be honest with you, TJ. Not as much as I should be. Apparently, with, with being a big back boxing guy that I am, the, the one card on that fight I will be intrigued about it a little bit. I am intrigued about uh, Jermaine Franklin how he's going to improve over his last outing because essentially these heavyweights are the both the undercard from a uh, Clarissa Shields Hayner uh, fight, Hayner fight, and that was well, they they were there. One was uh, Otto wasn't a no contest, and I'm intrigued with that because. He's fighting B.J. Flores, who at one point uh, during one of these Facebook Live broadcasts said he was retired and wasn't coming out of the woodworks to fight ever again. and He was done and hung up the gloves, and here he is fighting Friday in casino in Washington. So we'll see if he uh, actually is – Actually, game for this challenge, that I'm guessing, to see as a gauge for Otto, because the last fight he had on, on that Shields card was a no contest. Right. So we'll see well, actually happens with him on that one.
0: Well, we talked about that with Steve Farhood. It was bizarre. It's one round, and so now he's back in the ring uh, uh, you know, a few weeks later to fight, a couple months later to fight in this one. And as Farhood was saying, because you didn't get a chance to hear what he was saying, these are not guys that are going to challenge for the heavyweight title at the end of this year or maybe even the beginning of next year. But one of them might get in the mix by summer 2020, fall of 2020. One of these guys could end up getting in front of Anthony Joshua or Deontay Wilder, let's say, hypothetically. Or hey, if I mean, obviously if Ruiz wins the rematch, then who's fighting Ruiz down the road? So Farhood's point was pay attention to Franklin, pay attention to Valine, because you may be seeing those names a year from now or so.
2: So a year from now, we'll get to see how Franklin and or shows up. I'm actually, if I had to spitball it and guess which one, TJ, right now, to tell you which one's going to look look, look look better than the other one, it's going to be Franklin because Franklin just has the movement right now set. Up. I do wonder, with these two fights, out of all the places, TJ, Washington. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, sometimes you go where the the promotion and where the money might be, and they're at a casino, uh-huh. the Emerald Queen Casino in Tacoma. Uh, where the money is. And you mentioned Clarissa Shields was supposed to be the main event. She has the injury. She's not able to defend her woman's title. So these fights are kind of bumped up as like co-main events for this one on Friday. And again, if you're listening to the Big Fight Weekend podcast after Friday, you may already know that one or both of these fights were absolute duds, terrible. Then again, one or both of them might be exciting with big knockouts. Marquise and I don't know that in the, um, in the preview mode right now. Um, all right. So we'll kind of progress. Uh, a little bit kind of back and forth. Also on Friday morning, interesting from Japan, Rob Brandt of the United States, uh, WBA regular middleweight champion, somebody that's maybe, maybe on the radar for Canelo down the road. He's fighting against Ryota Murata, a, a Japanese contender. They're fighting in Japan early Friday morning here. As you're hearing the podcast, you may already know that result as well. Uh, what
2: about Brant and Murata here in the preview mode? A thought on that? I do have a couple of thoughts on that. I'm thinking with Brant going to Japan to defend the belt that he won from Murata last go-round, we had a tuna fight in between there that he fought in his, at the armory in Hickory a while back uh, on ESPN+. Plus that he looked pretty impressive. Brant's a volume puncher, TJ, and he pretty much all but punched Muraki essentially to sleep and to win the title from him. So I'm intrigued on this rematch if uh, Muraki make the – Myura is going to make the adjustment and actually either box with him, and if that happens, it's going to be this is probably going to be the best fight this entire weekend. Well, it,
0: it's, it's it's interesting, and and you may or may not know this answer, but it's it's definitely odd. I'll even say not interesting, but odd that Brant had this fight in Minnesota and won, and he's the champ, and now they're going to go fight in Japan for Murata. I don't know if you know the specific reason, but that just maybe that says to me that the Japanese promotion really felt there was some money in the fight. And Brandt must have said, "Okay," and and probably got a raise, got more money to go to Japan. And so now they're doing this again. It's just unusual from the standpoint that the champion would go agree to fight a guy that he just beat in his home country. Uh, It's just odd to me, Marquise.
2: It is odd, TJ, and it's not really normal as well. And we're going to see this later on in the year as well, when Andrew Louise takes on Anthony Joshua, which we're all assuming at this point is either going to be if it's not going to be in New York, it's going to be somewhere in Britain, in right? Good Joshua's point. Home turf. Good so point. So we'll we'll see how that works. My pay, me,
0: pay me enough, and I will go fight you on Mars. If Joshua can, you know, if, <laughs> if 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 Ruiz can get an extra five mil or ten mil to fight him in the UK, you're you're right. That may very well be where the fight is. We'll see.
2: Matchroom checks don't bounce from what I was told. So we'll see how that plays out later on in the, the year.
0: All right. Um, okay. So I'll get to the Saturday fights in a couple of moments. At the time that we are talking, you participated uh in the media day the final local media day again Marquis and I are both in West Central Florida in Tampa doing this podcast and he's overseeing bigfightweekend.com And so Keith Thurman did a local media day for the local media here before leaving for Las Vegas. They should make a movie by that name. Before leaving (laughs) for Las Vegas, not leaving Las Vegas, where he will be next week for the pay-per-view showdown with Manny Pacquiao. It should be pointed out Pacquiao was doing a local L.A. media thing at the same time midweek while uh, Thurman was doing here's here locally. Marquise was O.L. on location, on scene, and there. So uh, give me a, give me an impression or two about being around one time Thurman uh, in his element at the St. Pete Boxing Club because you were around him.
2: Keith was holding court over at the historic uh, St. Pete Boxing Club, as you know, TJ. And one thing that the media didn't realize that when they got there was uh, they, they, call, they call it historic for one reason, TJ, and probably for one reason only. There is no air conditioning in there. <laughs> and there was about 25 to 30 folks in the media in this hot place Holding court to hear to see Keith from uh, pretty much do a sparring session and take field questions from all of us in the media, but uh, answering the usual, do you think he's going to be a Pacquiao questions. The one thing of this media that session that came out of note was everyone he was riled up and he is really focused on this fight. And the one insight that I did get from the trainers uh, and the nutritionists, uh, TJ. Keith Furman's aunt is a nutritionist who's helping with his diet to help make sure he makes weight this go around. And she told me before we left left, left, left out of there that he's also ready to make weight no matter what because of his food diet of eating – check this out, TJ – Chilean sea bass and keto cheesecake.
0: (laughs) Okay, so I immediately thought when you started to bring that up, what would be you know one of the uh, the healthier things? Remember, Wade Boggs famously ate chicken every day when he was playing baseball <laughs> and getting all those hits. You know, some athletes are superstitious that they eat the same food before every game. Chilean sea bass is the Keith is the Keith Thurman secret sauce here, if you will, for this fight with Pacquiao. Is what you're saying?
2: That is his go-to. That is his ketchup, mustard, and bread for this fight with Pacquiao. Also, when we I was down there as well with the media, they they handed out these great towels because it was hot there. I kid you not, <laughs> it, there, there was no doubt about it. Like, thankfully, my deodorant is is the new undisputed champion of the world right oh, now wow. because it was rough. So you but, got
0: you got like a collector's item towel, but you immediately had to put it into use, which means if you're going to put it up on eBay, like half the other pseudo media members, it's going to have to go through the wash first,
2: probably. Yeah. I, I meant to pull on the old eBay tag, uh, one original owner like everybody else. But the towel itself does have, it's grind time, it's my time, it's one time, Keith Thurman. <laughs>
0: <laughs> hey, look, good for him uh, after nearly a two-year layoff, as we talked about him. We're going to preview this fight more next week. But good for him that he's getting this limelight. He's getting this kind of attention, and it will ramp up big time once he heads to Las Vegas. I know we were talking to Dan Birmingham last week. That he's been involved in these kind of fights. He's been involved in pay-per-view fights and Thurman has had a couple of big main event fights in Vegas, but this is a pay-per-view fight. There is something different, right? Something special. And we're just curious to see how, how Keith is going to handle that. He does not lack for confidence, right? You sensed that when you were around him. He does not, uh, I mean, it's not arrogance. It's not cocky, but it is also not
2: meek. It is, it is not humble from Keith Thurman. Is that accurate? That is dead on, and actually, TJ, the way I ref- I'm referring to it now is uh, leading up to this fight is it's bluntly refreshing. I like, I, I like to use that for it because, <laughs> because Furman during the media session, he mentioned how everyone is pretty much saying about the one round that he had in the seventh round against Hasido Lopez and how he was like – everyone was saying how he, how can he handle Pacquiao if he can't handle Lopez in the sixth, seventh round, and he's been explaining pretty much punch by punch what happened in that round to the point where – because he, he's been asking this question at this point now for a solid six to eight weeks – so he's broken that down to the science where he has a strategy for Pacquiao when that fight happens on the 20th. And he was really just confident and just looking forward to this fight. He understands it's a big fight feel. He understands the level that it's on. He understands as he also mentioned that this media session, which I will admit was actually pretty interesting as well, because someone asked him the question in regards to the welterweight division, uh, why was he picked over, say, Spence or or Garcia, you know Spence Garcia, or at the at fight when when Pacquiao wasn't there for Miguel Garcia, Earl Spence, Keith Furman broke it down when said all but all but said like either I'm the most affordable option or I'm just the most cheap option. Either way, I got this fight and I'm taking I'm gonna take advantage of it on the twentieth. Well, but
0: I mean, look at it uh, from the big picture perspective because Heyman and PBC, Heyman Boxing and Premier Boxing Champions, they did the deal with Pacquiao, they had the fight with Adrian Broner. And look, Steve Farhood was talking about this a little while ago before you came on here on the podcast, that nobody really expected that Broner was going to be that much of a threat. He's a clown. He's more He's more of a sideshow than a threat. And so now you're looking at Pacquiao near the end at 40 years of age. How much of a threat is Keith Thurman versus how much of a threat do they know Errol Spence is? And so... Uh, you know, Spence had already had the pay-per-view, obviously, with Mikey Garcia in yeah. March. They had already done the deal, and this is, again, Heyman's PBC fighters had done the deal for Sean Porter. Well, the thing is, Thurman's already beaten Sean Porter. So why, at the moment, does Thurman need to fight Sean Porter again uh, until Porter accomplishes something big, like maybe beating Spence? So this kind of seems like a semifinal thing, that Pacquiao fights Thurman, and the winner coming up in August of spence and porter that's going to be the the big carrot for the winter or the first part of next year for whoever wins these two upcoming fights you buy me
2: on that i'm, I'm with you on that and it makes sense with with that way pbc segment this welterweight tournament of champions per se where do, those are the first two brackets and that the, that that first four and the bottom four of that of course being the uh, mikey garcia versus danny garcia and then of course it's going to be a uh, uh, Sergey Lipinets and Ugas as well in that mix uh, as well for what was and, and unfortunately,
0: if I can interject one more time, Bud Crawford. We know this. Uh, Terrence Crawford, the WBO champion, promoted by Top Rank and by Bob Arum. He's more than likely on the outside looking in. Uh, so be it. This is what this is what Golden Boy is doing and Matchroom Boxing is doing with DAZN. This is what Arum was attempting to do, not only with Crawford but with Tyson Fury. It's like choose up sides, choose up your television network and your promoter, and and go with it from there. But Ah, uh, clearly, I would have to believe that PBC is looking at Pacquiao, Thurman as a semifinal, and Spence and and uh, Porter the same Porter. way. So let's see, let's see if that is the case. G- Any final thoughts from being uh, in the St. Pete Boxing Club there and around Dan Birmingham, who we loved talking to last week, because those guys are heading out to Vegas probably this weekend to get ready for all the hype and the craziness of the pay per view with Pacquiao.
2: Absolutely was a fun timeout with the Media Day. Dan did mention as well that he still hates Vegas and is looking forward to this fight to be over so he can retreat back to Ohio once it's all said and done. <laughs> Love that. Okay,
0: so a few more moments. Marquise John's here with me. Uh, all right, so if I put the buffet in front of you because there are several fight cards, whether it be the Showtime one on Friday night, and again, you may be listening a little later in the weekend and you already know the results of the Showbox fight card that we've been talking about. But uh, ESPN's main event on Saturday night from Newark is Shakur Stevenson, Alberto Guevara, uh, featherweight main event, 10-round main event in that one. Uh, In London, the heavyweights Joe Joyce and Bryant Jennings are fighting earlier Saturday afternoon, U.S. time, Saturday night primetime. In London, the DAZN nighttime show is Vargas Kameda for the WBC junior featherweight title. Ray Vargas putting that belt on the line against Kameda, another Japanese Contender And Fox has a show as well. Again, we made joke of this that that we didn't really have anything last week. And and now it's like a machine gun here (laughs) with all these different fights on on Friday night and Saturday night to keep up with. Jamal James, Antonio DeMarco Welterweight uh, bout is the main event on Fox Sports 1 on Saturday night as well. So I put all of that in front of you. Give me a fighter or a fight that really intrigues you coming into this weekend.
2: It's interesting because a lot of these fights that are happening this weekend, the main events, honestly, TJ, are pretty much barring disaster for, a, like, Shakir Stevenson is fighting in his hometown against a replacement, depending on who you ask, is the third official one? Or if he asks Andre Ward, maybe in the ninth fighter for this fight, who does not want <laughs> to challenge Stevenson, and he's coming up two weight classes to do it, so I don't expect much in that main event. On that card, however, there's two folks that are actually fighting on a, a note, actually. Vito Milinecki Jr. is fighting on that TJ. He's making his pro debut. Youngest boxer ever to get a license in the state of New Jersey at 17. He's making a first rounder, so that's always intriguing to me. As well as on the co-main of that Secure Stevenson card, uh, Joshua Greer, uh, a.k.a. Mr. Don't Sleep, who brings the pillow to the ring, he is fighting in the co-main. <laughs> so I'm, I am all for those two fights. I'm okay. a Joshua Greer guy with those. On Friday uh, – Outside of the showbox card, I, I want to see what Jermaine Franklin looks like personally. I do also have a rooting interest in the Jazzy Dickens, uh, Nathaniel May on the MTK Global card out in Liverpool on Friday, which is on the ESPN Plus, or if you're not in the United States, it's on IFL TV on YouTube, which is fun because I don't know if you know this with TJ, with the way the internet's what set up with these YouTube stuff where they have this boxing card out in Europe. And if if, if, me, if, if you don't... You know, modify. I'm gonna use the, in my. I'm using my quotes behind me here. Uh, Change your internet settings. You can't catch the card on
0: YouTube.
2: <laughs> so you had, you you to be at, you creative
0: kinda, to find yeah, a way were, to see it.
2: Yeah, you get to creatively, legally watch the fight. I, look, I,
0: I say to everybody that Marquise is a great follow on social media at Weak Sauce Radio on Twitter uh, and as part of BigFightWeekend.com, the website, because he is constantly keeping up with all of these cards and fights worldwide during the day on Friday and Saturday. Uh, so you are all about it. So on any of those other ones besides the Shakur Stevenson, uh, main event, I, I mentioned, uh, Joyce and Jennings, the two heavyweight bombers. Maybe one of them can get into the mix for a possible heavyweight title. Showdown Vargas, Kameda on Dazone for the fe- junior featherweight title. Does that do anything, uh, for you? Jamal James, DeMarco on FS1, welterweight 10 rounder.
2: Does that do anything for you? uh joy that the joy joyce card does more than anything out of the other ones actually mainly because of just the the actual atmosphere of the fight cards itself joy joyce is is the guy out of britain who they're making up from the former olympian who's making his round making the round up hopefully because frank warren's been mentioning with him as well that he wants him to step up in competition and hopefully once again get into the heavyweight title picture as well so we'll see how how that log jams at some point next year but he he's one that that's looking forward to he's facing brian jennings who is part of the uh WBA uh, title, regular, super, minor, major. <laughs> He's part of that shenanigans. So we'll see how that turns out. And hopefully, Joy should get by this. He's looking impressive these last few fights. We'll see how he like, steps up now with this actually being a better competition for him.
0: All right. Lots of fights and fight cards for this weekend. Let's see how it all plays out. I'm glad you survived uh, the, uh, the great, the legendary, <laughs> tiny St. Pete Boxing Club and being around one-time Thurman uh listen I, I always love the insight we, we want you to promote one more time where everybody can keep up with you and the website as well
2: go ahead as always you can find my writings and musings on bigfightweekend.com yeah you can find anything in the world of boxing news past present and future as well my twitter handle is weak sauce radio all one word still best pound for pound twitter handle out there i challenge anybody on this <laughs> i'll be up i'll be up watching the fights as usual all 50 hundred of these more importantly because it's boxing and why not And also because I I can, you you can get my insight on it. See what I see with your fight. Feel free to disagree with me, agree, be my guest. I'm all for it. Just at me at Twitter. Weak Sauce Radio. Weak
0: Sauce Radio. Marquise, I love it. My thanks also to Steve Farhood for being with us as well from Showtime Boxing. Enjoyed getting a chance to talk to him. The Showbox card Friday night. Depending on when you're hearing us on the weekend, you may already know those results. Enjoy all the fights, all over the place, from London to Japan. Uh, to Newark, New Jersey, uh, and on to Tacoma, Washington for the Friday night showbox card. Enjoy all the fights and keep up with it as part of BigFightWeekend.com. From Marquise Johns, I'm TJ Reeves. Enjoy the weekend. Lots more on Thurman Pacquiao and the pay-per-view next
2: week on the Big Fight Weekend podcast. Bye.